Talk Central is brought to you by TomTom Africa, a leading international enabler of accurate location-based platforms throughout Africa, offering innovative, comprehensive, and high-quality digital maps to businesses and governments. For more information, visit tomtom.co.za slash geospatial. I'm Rechard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod, with extra background sounds in this episode, supplied by Max the Bulldog. Just uh, <laughs> letting you know, because it's not Rechot and me doing the heavy breathing. <laughs> this is Talk Central, episode 129, for the weekend starting 3 July 2015. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, where you'll find South Africa's best technology journalism. That's right, Duncan. No headlines like, South African women want to stand when using the loo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll leave those headlines to the tabloids. <laughs> On Talk Central this week, we talk about Vodacom and Neotel. What else? We also talk about cellular service in the Gaut train underground and the launch of apple music before we get to that though we need to pay the bills we'll be back in just a moment the vox telecom cloud is the future of business developed from the ground up it's a turnkey fully managed approach to the cloud it offers you guaranteed support a national network with true redundancy fully managed services across all layers and most importantly a single point of accountability the vox telecom cloud it's how cloud should be to find out more about the Vox Telecom Cloud, SMS your name to 45454 or visit voxtelecom.co.za. Standard rate supply. Well, welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. How's it, Duncan and uh, Max? Max the Bulldog, yeah. Um, so, uh, hopefully there won't be too many interruptions from the heavy breathing from the English Bulldog department, <laughs> but um, let's get into the news. Um, and uh, the big news this week, um, this, I think it's now the candidate for, oh, yeah. for it, is um, Vodacom and Neotel and the fact that the Competition Commission has uh, decided to recommend to the Competition Tribunal that the deal uh, be approved, but with a number of fairly stringent conditions. Mm. Um it's been over a year, I think it's about 15 months now, if I'm not mistaken, since um, Neotel, uh, or Vodacom rather, um, announced that it was making a 7 billion rand bid, all cash bid, to buy to buy Neotel. Um, the competition authorities have been investigating or probing the Im- potential impact of this deal for that time um, and have had a number of um, submissions they've had to consider, including objections from companies like CellC. Uh, and MTN, which um, are opposed to the deal, particularly the spectrum aspect of it, um, saying that Vodacom uh, will get access to um, spectrum that will allow it to entrench its uh, already uh, market-leading dominance in the South African mobile market. Um, so that's where the conditions have come in uh, on this deal, and they're, they're, they seem fairly stringent. Um, Maybe they're not. I mean, I guess if you talk to CellC, they'll probably say that uh, the the conditions don't go nearly far enough. Mm. But um, what they've said is that um, Vodacom may not use Neotel Spectrum for a uh, period of effectively about two to two and a half years. Um, the, the the latest they'll get access to it is is the end of 2017. Um, they not may not use the Neotel Spectrum at all for mobile services. Um, which is interesting that they've chosen the, ter- the, ter- the specific terminology mobile mm. um, because that, I think, um, still leaves Vodacom and Neotel in the clear to roll out non-mobile wireless broadband services. In other words, yes, fixed wireless yes, services. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I wonder if that means that Vodacom will use Neotel Spectrum to roll out a national fixed wireless 
uh, broadband network using LTE and LTE advanced because mm-hmm. they'll have enough spectrum mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and will then at a later date, uh, when the, the, the condition expires sometime in 2017, that they'll simply switch on mobility. Uh, so they'll build the network and then once the deadline expires, they'll switch it on. Hey, we've got a national national LTE advanced mobile network on, on Vodacom. Come customers. That would be a very clever way of playing. They've got the tools, right? Mm. I mean, they've got, they've got what they need to do something like that. And the market certainly is uh, more than ready for, mm. for some, something that, that could potentially you know, be a tough competitor to mm. ADSL and potentially Fiber in some regions where there isn't. Mm. And they, they're certainly getting access to some some really valuable spectrum. They're, they're getting access in the, um, in the in the 1.8 gigahertz band, which is the prime LTE band, mm, mm. Um, and as well as in the 3.5 gigahertz band, um, much higher frequency. But it's great for deploying in high in dense urban areas and shopping centres, or you know using microcells. Um, so some great spectrum that they're sitting on there, which Neotel hasn't been able to really use to all that greater effect they have got an LTE network but its coverage is fairly limited um, with Vodacom's backing and cash they'd mm, be able to mm. ramp that up very rapidly um, while not being able to offer mobile specific services at this stage um, I, I suspect that they're going to look, look to build a, a fixed wireless alternative in the interim I would imagine that takes on Telcom which is the other big competitor in the fixed wireless space with its yeah. LTE and LTE advanced network on the 2.3 gigahertz band mm, mm. and and there's still so much of uh, South African demographic that's that's not nearly close to being covered by mm. any kind of form of decent broadband so yeah, it yeah. is it's it's a long-term play or short to mid-term play at mm. least but um, I think I think you may have called it mm. I don't know we'll have to come back in two years and see <laughs> have a look, yeah. we'll revisit this in uh, episode 383 or whatever it is <laughs> but uh, interesting deal um, yeah. so uh, yeah. Um, that, that's the main restriction, um, that, uh, or the biggest um, condition, I think, that, that uh, the Competition Commission has imposed on this. But they've also said that um, in the next five years, um, Vodacom uh, has to commit to rolling out um, fixed-line infrastructure to the tune of 10 billion rand, sure. um, which I, I think they probably were going to do anyway. Um, mm, so I'm not mm. sure how much of a how, how stringent that particular condition is, um, and, and, and that fixed line doesn't mean just fixed line into your house. It can mean backhaul between towers. It can mean anything that's not part of the radio access network, yeah, effectively. Yeah. So they could actually use that to really deploy this nationwide. Um, well, to first of all, deploy the LTE on a fixed wireless basis initially, mobile later. Uh, in the radio access network, and then use the 10 billion rand or a big chunk of that 10 billion rand, not on fiber to the home, but on deploying the backhaul yeah. infrastructure to connect all those towers. Um, uh, mm. I think they've perhaps got away with a bit on from the competition commission on that side. I think the competition commission perhaps should have um, been more specific in 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 how that 10 billion rand be spent if they wanted to see it have a real impact on on the last mile in South Africa, which is where the real bottleneck is now. Yeah, um, we need. F- competition in fixed lines and it's happening but it's so far it's really come from a bunch of startups it hasn't really come from the big incumbent operators yeah and i mean and, and the, the way that all these things get interconnected really i mean we have to wait for for these companies to lay the groundwork and then other companies come add on to the network where you know vodacom and neotel could you know leapfrog a lot of these things and just just put it up yeah my, my worry is that that you know Vodacom has really played up the, this deal as, as building a, an alternative fixed line operator to, to Telcom, but I, I worry that behind the scenes that's not really their strategy. Mm. I think their real strategy is still mobile. 
and uh, Neotel is not so much about getting access. Uh, this is just my, my, my view on it, that Neotel is not so much about the f- access to the fixed line expertise because Neotel doesn't really have that much fixed line expertise. Mm. Um, I think this is 90% about mobile and spectrum. Oh, yeah, uh, I mean, if you've got the spectrum, you can use it. I mean, you've yeah. got you've got a market that's that's yearning for for the mm. uh, for the for the access. Yeah, yeah. But um, if they do if they do roll out, um, you know, if, if if FTTH becomes a big component of, um, you know, of, of the of the deployment of the fixed line component of this, then then that's great. But uh, my worry is that they're going to be directing funds more to mobile, because Vodacom, after all, is a mobile company. It's what they understand. It's their mm. DNA. They don't understand fixed line. Um, and you know, Neotel, while it was meant as a sec- the second fixed line operator in South Africa, it has never really deployed fixed lines. I'm sure, it's done it in some businesses, but you know, it's, it's it doesn't offer fixed lines to end users. Mm. Um, you know, that's a space that only Telcom really understands, um, and it's a space where where the only real competition we're seeing today is coming from companies like Vumatel and Link Africa, and other smaller startup yeah. guys. We'll have to see. Right, car train. Finally, <laughs> um, MTN and Vodacom announcing this week that they have deployed two um, G, uh, three G, and four G on the um, underground uh, stations on the car train network in Gauteng. Um Why they why they're deploying two G? I'm not quite sure anymore. Oh. I mean, I'm not sure what the point is of deploying two G, particularly in an environment like that. Um, but um, they're, they're doing it, and um, and uh, it's, it's been long overdue. I mean, the car train mm. has been in place for five years, five yeah, years or yeah. so, yeah. Um, and this, still, this, uh, this isn't the full car train network. This is just the underground stations that are going to be covered. So you hop on a train and you head from Rosebank to the Johannesburg city centre, you're still going to not have coverage. Mm. Um, Vodacom says it is working on 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 train or in train coverage. But um, at this stage, it's, it, this is only covering the underground stations where there was no connectivity before, which was a bit of a pain. I mean, you could get out of a train in Santa and you can't make a phone call yeah, uh, until you get above onto the, up, up onto the street level. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's welcome that they, they're slowly making some progress here. You know, why on earth has it taken so long? And, Good question. And, and where's the, you know, I mean, this isn't complicated stuff. And, and you know, um, certainly not complicated in deploying it in, in, inside a inside a inside so a train just station. Repeaters, you, you you deploy, yeah. yeah just run a bit of fiber up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, obviously, deploying it on a train is a little more a little bit more complicated, but um, or quite a lot more complicated actually. But um, yeah, but the same principle should really apply. I mean, if you can put uh, you know repeaters underground, mm-hmm. you just have a train because it's. It, yeah, I mean, surely you should be able to. I'm not sure technically how they do it in in other countries. I, I, I'm not sure if the radio access equipment is actually on the train itself or in the tunnels. Um, it's just a moving base station. Essentially. I, would, I think it would have to be on the train itself, wouldn't it? Mm. Uh, otherwise, you'd have uh, you'd have to have antennas all the way through the tunnels. It'd be quite expensive. Yeah, but those repeaters that you put on—I mean, you see a lot of companies have these in their parking lots. It's essentially just a, a dome-shaped, much of the same tech that they're using here. But yeah. uh, the general technology is a dome-shaped uh, repeater that you put on, and, and that just uh, repeats the signal that you, you feed into it. Mm. Um, it isn't rocket science. It's interesting to see why they took so long. It would be, yeah. I, mean, I wonder if there were some regulatory things or maybe, you know, some, some issues with finalizing contracts. Yeah. Who gets what rights to these networks? I'm not sure at all. It's worth a question. Worth a question. All right, let's talk a bit about um, the big international news this week. And I, I guess the, the, the biggest news was uh, the release, finally, of Apple Music. 
Yeah. Um, I've been playing with it a little bit. I signed up for the uh, I signed up for the trial, the three month trial. We immediately switched off the auto renew at three months, as one does. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> um, I'm a very, very, very already a very happy user of radio. So I'm probably not going to switch from radio to Apple Music, but I'll give it a go and see see how it goes. Mm. Uh, I haven't been able to find the Android app yet, um, but I, I did look on launch day. Maybe it's more clearly available in the store by now. Um, but certainly it works well on my iPad. Um, no, no complaints about it um had listened to beats one the global radio station as well yes not my taste of music so i won't be listening to it but um but you know it's it's professional it's slick it's uh, i think it's going to steal a lot of the youth audience away from local radio stations like five fm yeah and i think the the, the brands they've put behind bb uh bbc radio <laughs> behind <laughs> beats radio one um one of the djs from there's actually from the bbc and he was quite Crazy. a well-known uh, dj in that platform and mm. what he brings with him is is uh, an understanding of music from what I believe that's that's quite broad and appeals to a broad range of uh, you know music lovers that's not just stuck to one one genre like pop or rock or, mm. or um, and if they can get that right I mean they could they could essentially reinvent a curated radio um, and maybe bring it back to what mm. how we all fell in love with the radio is a DJ that you listen to late night who's got some insight into music yeah. or artists that you've never heard of and he can bring that to you yes. um, to me that's a very valuable proposition yeah I think that um I mean, as I say, it's not my test of music, but I, you know, I'm probably not definitely. I'm definitely not the target market for this thing. Um, they're going for a mass audience, um, a mass youth audience, I think. Um, and, and it's it's an interesting concept. Uh, and I think, I mean, it, it's. I think the fact that Apple is getting into the into the into the space, which is an interesting move for a technology company, um, really, I think, suggests that people like Gareth Cliff have been getting into this thing at the right time. Mm-hmm. But also keep in mind that you know Apple pioneered when, when when Apple pioneered the sale of music online with iTunes. I mean, it did change the industry as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of companies followed suit, um, and then obviously streaming happened, and and kind of Apple was was late with uh, deploying their own version of that. It was. It was. In fact, you know, a lot of people have criticised it for being so late. It, it 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 was kind of unlike Apple, which in the past hasn't had any qualms about destroying its own business model to to go forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like like they've done with with their hardware products. Um, I think a lot of people have argued, and I think it's probably probably fair criticism that they've they really did take a long time to mm. to bring out streaming and really sort of try and eke out the the download business as long as they could. Yeah, uh, it could could have been a financial decision, but uh, on the other side, I think the 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 relationship that Apple Music or that Apple has with its artists, I think, is different to a lot of other music services at that time, uh, paid downloads and and streaming. Mm. Um, it's not the kind of thing I think that they would ever risk. Um, endangering um, you know if you're upset, there's been a lot of controversy around artists not getting paid enough on these streaming services and I think Apple had to be particularly careful with that well, we saw um, the controversy around, around Taylor Swift yes yes um, so they weren't paying any they weren't planning to pay any of the artists for the uh, for the trial period for the trial period no, yeah. they do yeah, yeah. What I, what I do like about the, the the Apple Music offering versus anything else that's out there, and that's something that might sway me to, to use it more regularly, is the fact that you can obviously upload your own music that's not on their library. Oh, can you? That okay. you can stream to, to you can other the, devices. You can, you can do that with Google Music as well. Um, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, and I, th- I think Microsoft offers that service as well, if I'm not mistaken, with Xbox Music. Uh, so that's, that's not a new thing, but... Um, well, I think they kind of have to do it, you know, because the, you know these catalogs—they've got a good catalog, thirty million mm-hmm. songs—but not, uh, you know, if you've got esoteric taste in music, not not all the music you listen to is going to be on that service. Yeah, or even some good arts. I mean, you know how hard it is to find uh, Metallica and Pink Floyd albums, or at least the albums that we want uh, yeah. on these streaming services. Yeah, it's not uh, the upload of music isn't something that uh, the likes of Symphy that I use often yeah. use, which. 
you know, you can say that that's a, a reason enough to, to move over. Another, another thing for me is the family membership. I mean, if I look at uh, my wife and myself mm. streaming, we have to pay our own uh, streaming service if we want to use it. We can't share playlists or anything like that, which is a bit limiting. With Apple Music, you know, paying 89 rand a month, which is… Radio does that as well. You can, you can pay a small the family additional amount. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that the, uh, it's interesting that the pricing is coming much lower than in the US. It's $10 a month in the US and 60 rand here. Um, so it's about half the price. In South Africa, I think they're trying to be very competitive. I think they made a yeah. conscious decision to be. I think they look, probably looked at because radio is sixty bucks a month, some fire mm, is sixty mm, bucks a month. Mm. Uh, they looked at this market. I don't think they could have come in at one hundred and twenty bucks a month. Oh, definitely not. Um, do the question is, do they lose money at sixty bucks a month? Are they losing money to come into markets like South Africa, um, where where prices are set much lower than in the US, or do they figure that um, because of bandwidth limitations in markets like South Africa, people aren't going to listen to as many songs as they do in the US, and so won't consume mm. as much of the service, and they won't therefore don't have to pay as much over to the musicians? Yeah, and, and let's be honest. I mean, Apple's waited long enough. I'm sure they've got enough market research behind their decisions now mm. to be able to make those calculated uh, choices for, yeah. for their services. Yeah. But it's another player in the market. Um, uh, in the South African context, we never talk about Spotify, but that's still the biggest um, streaming music player in the world. Um, I forget how many customers they've got. Mm, I think something yeah. like six million paying and 30 million in total. Um, so they, they're the guys to beat, um, even though weirdly, bizarrely, they've never launched here, even though there were some rumors about it two yeah. years ago. They were talking to Vodacom at one stage, apparently. but that Yeah, yeah. there's certainly a lot... Uh, a lot more scarce uh, in their rollouts mm. um, but the market is so saturated now would it really matter if they come to South Africa oh, I don't know I mean they probably don't even care about this market but, mm. Mm. but you know if you play in that streaming space you have to be everywhere um, so I don't think it's a, it is a case of not caring about this market you kind of have to care about every market um, and we've seen Netflix admitting that recently I mean they're rolling out to something like 200 countries yeah. in the next 18 months mm. South Africa being one of them um, they're probably not going to make much income from the South African market but it's a bit of a land grab that's going on at the moment and if you're not everywhere you're nowhere yeah if you're not first you're lost <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> quite Ricky Bobby <laughs> but, but my other question is is in terms of uh, rights I mean with, with movie rights and TV rights obviously that's one thing but with audio streaming rights it used to be a obviously used to be a thing where you, you couldn't stream that's why we didn't get uh, any of these streaming services because there was mm. no right to stream to uh, to certain countries but now that that's probably not an issue, or surely it's not an issue anymore, it's even more of a reason for these guys to try and deploy. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, I'm in radio and I want to listen. I'm listening to an album and then like a track is grayed up because it's just not available in your territory. Yeah, I, I hate like, that. What, what, I hate that. Why? Why? <laughs> and, and often it's just like an arbitrary track. It's not mm. even the best track on the album or anything like that. It's just an arbitrary track that's grayed out. It's, you also get that on YouTube quite often, or not quite often. I, I, I find that mm. with, with not even music these days, but uh, yeah. you know, some video clips. It's or, been like that for a while. Yeah. It's, 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 it's bizarre. I, don't know, I, don't know this, I really don't understand these entertainment companies. I mean, you know, just make it available to everyone. And, and clearly the, the artists aren't always benefiting from that. So, so mm. the, the choice behind not streaming to a country isn't because the artist wants to maintain their, mm. their royalties on a certain region. Mm. I don't know what it is. It doesn't make sense to me. But um, yeah, but then I, I haven't been able to make... I mean, I don't think the music industry does make much sense. <laughs> <laughs> never, yeah, it never has. No. But I've been enjoying, just, just on a side note, SoundCloud, I've been enjoying from, a, from an independent artist point of view. Yeah. And, and I find that fascinating. Um, and then you, you partner, crowdsource like Indiegogo or, or, yeah. or, or Kickstarter. I mean, art, it's really an artist's time now to, they still need a platform to, to kind of get recognized. Yeah, yeah. 
but once you once you have a fan base and you can grow that fan base, you've got all the outlets you need to to I guess sustain yourself. Yeah. And you have to tour obviously to make the big money. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how it's how the model has completely changed. Um, and it's great as well because um, you know while um, the big radio stations still don't play, um, they, they still go for a specific sound and you know tend to play chart topping hits and stuff. Soft like that. music, yeah. Um, you, there is so much. There's such an explosion of, of creative m- music out there at the moment, so many genres, and and the ability to discover and explore and, and mm. find new stuff is amazing. I mean, I've discovered so many bands since I've been subscribed to radio in the last year. Um, you know, I, I'm absolutely amazed at the amount of, of music that's being um, that's being produced on the sort of the, the cusp between jazz and progressive metal. Yes, yes. Um, you know. Bands like Seven Impale and you know stuff that most people have never heard of coming out of never heard of coming it. out of places like <laughs> the north of Norway and stuff. Um, really incredible music that just will never get radio airtime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but isn't this why the curated radio is such a such a good thing, especially if the right curators behind it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think there's not enough of it. I think that uh, you know um, it would be what would be fantastic. What Apple did was um, curated radio for every genre of music. Um, I'm sure that's coming. I mean, if they're building a, if if they can build a successful radio station on a streaming platform, I mean, they could potentially kill a lot of, you know, the kind of consumer radio that most people listen to in most countries. I yeah. mean, every country's got this this radio station that plays all the commercial yeah. top ten stuff. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating. I, I wonder what it would mean for the future of um, the future of music radio, because in ten year or twenty years from now. You're not going to care how much data you're using on your phone. Mm. Um, you're not going to care if you've only got an FM receiver in your car because your phone's going to stream your it. Car, your cars will, you know, car, car will probably have an FM receiver, but it will have a you know SIM card in it, and you'll be able to listen to whatever station or whatever whatever content you want to yeah. listen to from anywhere in the world. Um, and that's it's has to change the whole radio model. Um, it's on-demand radio show, so you can mm-hmm. still listen to a radio show. You just skip to the beginning if you're listening to it an hour later. You don't have to, you know, to miss that first hour of mm-hmm. a particular DJ's um, yeah. radio. And, and again, I read somewhere that be, that with Apple Music, I mean, they've got the potential to to make the the radio DJ a thing again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is the guy, the disc jockey that selects the music. It's not a a, a suit sitting in an office yeah. somewhere making sure that you know these artists rise to the top because that's what the record companies wants to yeah. promote yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's where the music industry went wrong was when was when the record companies started dictating to the radio stations what they must play yeah um, and when that happened I think the whole thing fell to pieces and to the record that's why the re- one of the reasons the record industry is in so much trouble today yeah yeah um, but I wanted to ask you when you were talking about uh, the new artists you've you started listening to. I mean, how do you discover them? On, on do you discover their albums by browsing on on radio? No, or through, do you through radio makes playlist. recommendations based on my my, my musical tastes. And, and what you can do is you can fire up your own radio station, which then plays music based on what you've played previously. Um, and it plays. You can select as a slider. You can go from adventurous to to uh, I forget the term. It was it's adventurous to to um, safe. Or something like that. <laughs> I like. So that. if you select safe, you're going to get um, musicians you've probably 80% of the time listened to before if you go slide all the way to the other end and go yes, adventurous yes. you're probably going to get 80% new stuff that you haven't heard before but based on the genre that you like so what other people have been listening to and, and that's cool it, 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 it's got some quite clever algorithms that that, that that calculate well you know because 
Duncan's been listening to um, this this particular set of bands. He's probably going to like this band as well because a lot of other people who listen to those bands listen to this band. And it's, it's true. I mean, that's how it works. And uh, and so I've discovered tons of new bands in that way, just clicking on the recommendations tab in radio. Um, and it's like, ooh, ooh, that's nice. You know, either you get it through your own radio station, where it's, where it's just serving it up randomly, or you go in there and say, well, that looks like an interesting album cover. Click, wonder if this is any good play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, suddenly, you know, every so often you come across something that's absolutely mind-blowing and then you know you've got a new favorite band <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's a very clever way of uh, and that when you were saying that that just reminded me one of my favorite ways of discovering new music or at least uh, remembering the new music that i discover is to shazam yes track yeah and what i found was i use know, i use soundhound but it's very similar okay yeah 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 now with shazam you can actually if you've got a obviously if you're an itunes user you can buy the song but now with Apple Music you can stream the song directly Yeah, uh, yeah. which I find was quite interesting and radio there's also a link for radio on Shazam um, but as a you know I'm not a radio subscriber oh, so is I, there? I must look at that okay, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think you can do it through SoundHound I think you can do Spotify through SoundHound uh, so maybe I should switch across to Shazam then if it's got radio yeah it definitely it. has radio built okay. into it okay. and that, that's a nice I think that's also a nice way of because of, I'm, I'm a big fan of you know if I hear something I would quickly record even if it's on a movie I or do it all the time yeah, especially yeah. when I'm driving around it's like oh this uh, you know if I'm listening to the radio which I do um, uh, yeah, I quite like um, I quite like Mix, Mix FM Midrand Bay Station they play some good some good rock music oh yeah and if a song comes on I don't know just the sound hard in the car so, oh okay that's cool and then uh, and you get back to it later but now I mean if you can but now you can listen to it immediately through. and radio. you should be able to then add it automatically to a playlist uh, if you if you want I'm sure yeah I'm just opening up the app here um, you need some music yeah. man yeah you can buy it on iTunes or you can <laughs> I mean you could have always done that but if I go to my tags yeah there's radio and I can listen to it on music oh brilliant which is kind of what I mean I just usually stream the, the, the music video because I hadn't didn't have access to those two services through YouTube but, yeah, yeah but the problem is if you then switch off your phone screen or if you go to another app it cuts off oh, Shazam doesn't, doesn't play oh, in the background it's oh, not a background music player oh I see okay but yeah cool so yeah interesting um, coming Apple coming into a crowded market but with a very good offering by the looks of it and um, is, is going to you know, shake things up even further. And do not underestimate the. You know, a lot of people trust Apple yeah. because they've got the entire ecosystem on there already. For yeah. them to then, on their iTunes account, just subscribe to a service without then having to do another credit card transaction with another company. Yeah. That's yeah. probably going to be one of their biggest pulls for right. the average consumer who's an Apple You're right. user. You're right. And a lot of people, I think, will get into streaming for the first time through Apple Music because they just either didn't know about it or couldn't be bothered yeah. now there's an app on their iPad hmm, and how many kids grow up with iPads now I mean yeah. when they start listening to music yeah. when, what are they going to do yeah. stream Apple Music no I think I think, um, I think Spotify's got a big, big fight on its hands for a number one spot in the next year or two yeah. yeah and Apple's obviously got the right people behind them I mean the Beats acquisition was a big thing for them that brought yeah. a lot of technology that a yeah. lot of other guys don't have another yeah. curated playlist although I will never ever buy another pair of Beats headphones <laughs> <laughs> Junk. I still enjoy my. I've got an old <laughs> pair of in-ear Beats headphones that came okay. uh, came with an old HTC that I had many yeah. years ago. Yeah. And if I listen to that compared to my Apple in-ear earphones, yeah. which are also good, a, a good set of headphones, yeah, I'll, I do prefer the extra bass that the Beats deliver. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Call me, call me a, a techno head, but uh, yeah, I love a yeah. bit of bass. And well, my my Beats just broke. It stopped working um, after about twelve months. So, um, and I was never very happy with the the sound. And I had the over ear ones, and they also weren't that comfortable. Um, I, 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 about two months ago, I bought a pair of Bose QC twenty fives. They're expensive. Yeah, they're, yeah. The sound out of those is the best I've ever heard out of a pair of headphones. It's really amazing. 
Um, but I mean, that's the price of a cell phone, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not cheap. But um, if you if you want the best, the bows I think are the yeah, other ones to look yeah. at. Yeah. I think the next move for me on the music front is definitely getting a set of studio monitors. Yeah. And that's I think that's where you get the best sound. Yeah. In in office at least. Yeah. But yeah. That's cool. the music. Well, that's the news for this week. Um, let's move on to our regular features departments. Um, uh, we had a bit of debate about you know what, who should be the winner this week, and it's a product, really, uh, mm, which is a strange mm. choice. But anyway, I've been playing around with Windows 10, and I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, the latest builds are really stable, robust. It looks good. They've really done a good, good job with the design. Um, really impressive software. Uh, and it's, I've... I've you know they've released three builds this week. I'm, I'm running the not the very latest one, which came out today on fr- Friday morning, but the one that came out. I think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday. One oh one five nine, I think it is. Mm. Um, and it's really it's it's ready for release. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward. I'm, the, I'm this weekend project is uh, installing it on my home th- my home theater PC. Okay. Because um, I saw what you did with what it looks like on a big screen. Mm. It's absolutely amazing. I yeah, think that that, yeah. that is going to be a clincher for many people to get that experience on a big screen TV. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, yeah, I think and, and a lot of people are, are. I think in this current generation of Windows, it's coming, uh, are going to be using Windows on big screen TVs. Yeah, it's yeah. it's where television entertainment's going. You you don't want the set top box anymore. You want an internet connected PC connected yeah, to your full on TV. PC. Yeah, because you know, we often sit in front of the PC doing other things like PC stuff that's not yeah. necessarily uh, you know just browsing TV shows. Yeah, which is great to have if you have a mm. few people over. You want to show them something, or you mm. want to you know load some photographs, or mm. load a website to go check something. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. In fact, I've connected a um, to I use an Intel NUC next unit of computing. A little, it's a tiny little PC with an Intel Very Core, cool toy, Core i3 processor in it, running running Windows 10. Um, and I, I connected a, a card reader to it now, so that I can plug in my camera card. My, uh, cool. uh, just look at pictures on the TV. Nice, Much nicer nice. than sitting around a laptop. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm. So there you are. Winner this week is Windows 10, which is coming out in about four weeks now. Yeah, uh, it's almost here. And sign up for the uh, partner program. The, uh, technical, oh, the technical preview program, Windows sorry. Insider program. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. If you want to get it, and uh, by the way, it looks like you're going to be able to continue to run Windows 10 technical preview or stay as part of. I don't know what they actually technically call it now, but you'll be able to stay part of the Windows Insider program after Windows 10 is actually launched. So you'll get an update that makes it the retail final retail version, and then updates after that would give you the obviously the the early access to you'll the new con- updates. You'll, and you'll continue to be on the early access program and apparently there are going to be a whole bunch of uh, um, uh, if I remember correctly there are going to be a whole bunch of rings available so it's not just the fast and slow ring you'll be able to you'll be able to have a whole bunch of options in terms of how often you get the updates and that sort of thing uh, you'll also have the option of course of, of, um, of just staying with the final release when yeah. it comes out I think that's a very clever part of Microsoft's behalf I mean that'll not only ensure that their software is going to be super mm-hmm. stable mm-hmm. Um, but just giving people the guys that really want to play with it, give them early access to the features. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a no-brainer, you know. Yeah. To win I'm, really. I'm staying on the technical. I'll, I'll stay on the Windows Insider program for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably stay. On, I'll probably put myself on a on a slow ring, um, so that um, you know I don't accidentally destroy my computer. Because we do load it on our production machine. Yeah, exactly. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> of course. What's this about putting it on test machines? <laughs> I don't know. Live dangerously. You don't use a test machine every day. Right. <laughs> What's a test machine? <laughs> just load it on the main PC. <laughs> I've yeah. actually just—I say this, but I've actually just switched my um, my desktop, my main production desktop PC onto the fostering. <laughs> but I think it's safe. Is like crack. It is. I, I think it's safe though because it's quite close to release now, so these yeah, balls are, yeah. are pretty much ready. 
Um, but you know, once Windows 10 actually ships, I'll probably switch back to the slow ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can leave your TV on the fast ring. Okay, the TV's on the fast yeah, ring. Yeah, 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 exactly. Who cares if that thing gets installed? Oh, Windows 10, don't disappoint us, please. <laughs> Cool. Um, our loser this week, and I'm not going to spend an enormous amount of time talking about it, but uh, the story's up on Tech Central, and that's the Department of Telecommunications and Postal Services, which is an absolute shambles. Um, we reported this week uh, that um, Temba Perry, who's um, a Deputy Director General in the department, uh, was fired. This happened on Wednesday, I think, um, by the Director General, Rosie Sakes. This is after he resigned in mid-May, and his resignation was then rejected by the minister, Siobhan Gaktwele. But the department's in a real mess. Uh, you know, another one of the DDGs, Gifko uh, Tanezi, was, uh, was fired by SMS. Um, that's part of a whole arbitration process now that's going on. Um, he seems quite confident of winning that arbitration process. Timber Peary's now been fired. He's, he's livid about what's happening. The minister's overseas traveling in China um, on official business, apparently, um, but he's not around um, and, and doesn't really seem to do much in the department to, to, to try and you know, address the problems that are going on there. The problems seem to be really centered on this DG. Um, but um, and it's all it's all to rela- it all really seems to be related to two um, SIU investigations that are going on, one into a very dodgy deal involving a company called Media Corner for uh, for the um, supply of um, advertising and marketing materials around the digital migration process. The department spent over seven hundred and fifty million rand on that. Um, talk about you know you know there's all sorts of. Um, speculation about you know who's connected to who and how these deals happened, um, but the, the whole department is in a mess and needs to be needs to be cleaned out. And it's really worrying because this is the department that's supposed to be coming up with policy, urgently yeah, needed policy yeah. uh, for the ICT sector, which it just isn't doing. Like on Spectrum, for example, nothing's happening. Um, and uh, I think we're starting to get insight now into why it's not happening. It's because this department is completely dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, so it's very worrying. Um, and the whole department very rightfully, I think, uh, deserves to be named as our loser of the week and possibly the loser of the year. Loser of the year, yeah. When, we, come, when we get around to that later in the year. We just need people in that department to actually care about you know, the industry, the yeah. sector. Yeah, um, exactly. They clearly don't. No. They clearly have no vested interest in furthering South Africa's RCT. No. It's ridiculous. Anyway, what's your pick this Let's week? Let's go to happier things, yes. My pick is a is a something I've actually been dreaming out since I was a kid. You know, every kid dreams of becoming <laughs> an astronaut. And what's the next move up from that to to virtually experience it? Um, my pick for this week um, is a website called You're the Cast. That's U R T H E C A S T dot com forward slash live for this particular feed, and it's um, a live feed of Earth from space. Um, you're you're the cast. Uh, the website. Um, works with NASA on this and they've got a satellite 400 kilometers above Earth's surface with four high definition cameras uh, pointed at Earth and then they obviously switch between these cameras uh, throughout the stream but it's absolutely fascinating if you haven't yet uh, done so do yourself a favor and go have a look at it um, you can you can be guaranteed to see about 16 sunrises and sunsets uh, as the as the uh, uh, satellite moves uh, around the Earth or with the Earth that's um, very cool. I'm going to put that on my TV. I actually did it the other day. I mean, it's it's a 720p stream, so I mean you're going to yeah. go through your bandwidth, but uh, I guess nothing more than streaming Netflix. And yeah, it looks absolutely incredible to see. You know, if you can spot Africa when it comes around, I mean, it's it's you know you get goosebumps. It's, yeah. It really is. That's fantastic. 
just having problems reconnecting to the feed now, but uh, it's, it's probably, probably my internet connection. <laughs> the satellite probably hasn't crashed through the upper atmosphere. Oh, yeah, no, no, I think we're good. <laughs> I think we're good. But uh, definitely go check it out. You're the cast.com forward slash live, um, live webcam feed from space. Very cool. Go check it out. It's Ur the cast. You yeah, are you're the cast. cast. Yeah, you're the cast.com slash live. Cool. My pick this week is um, actually something I reviewed on the site uh, this week. It's uh, Microsoft's Sculpt Ergonomic Desktop Keyboard and Mouse uh, combo. And um, I've never used an ergonomic keyboard before. It's one of these ones that's raised in the middle with a gap in it. And, uh, yes, yes. You, you put your hands on either side. I used to love the old ones, the blue one. Remember the blue one that came out many years ago? I don't Microsoft actually. Series. It's not something I've really paid attention to because I've always thought I'd hate an ergonomic keyboard. I mean, I just when I saw these things in the retail store mm. for the first time, when Microsoft first brought them out, I thought, I thought how on earth could you possibly use something like that? It looks awful. <laughs> and so I just steered clear of them. Um, and um, I decided to try out the, uh, the Sculpt ergonomic desktop. And I'm a convert. I can't go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, comfortable. Yeah? It's very comfortable. Um, and I, I estimate I can probably type 10 to 20% faster than on, on this keyboard than sure. I did on my old keyboard. Uh, I, I just, I don't know, it feels, it's hard, hard to describe, but I, I um, the way it's been designed, and it, it, there is a learning curve. Mm. If you're coming from a regular flat keyboard, it, it takes a good few days before you're not, you've, you stop making terrible mistakes in mm-hmm. typing. Um, I, I think it is designed for touch typists. So if you're one of those um, one of those people who peers at their keyboard with their two fingers <laughs> pointed at it, then uh, this keyboard is probably not for you. Um, uh, but if you're a touch typist, uh, then um, it, it really works amazingly well. And uh, I just found, I, I, you know, if I'm, I'm working there and I'm, I've got a stream of thoughts going on, the keyboard kind of gets out the way and I can just type and go. Um, it's, you could, it's true you could do that on a flat keyboard as well, but it, there's something enhanced about the experience, which, it's hard, which is really hard to describe. But um, it's, it's so comfortable to use and, uh, and I, I feel it has an impact on my productivity. It's because the, the, the keyboard is designed around your the, the placement of your wrists mm-hmm. in a comfortable way when you type, and mm-hmm. and the proximity of those keys to your fingers at that angle. Yeah, which some and let's be honest, a normal keyboard as comfortable as it might be for somebody that's seasoned typing on it, mm-hmm. it's still a straight a straight rectangle. It's, it's stra- it puts strain on your wrists. You're right, um, and I, I, you know on a, on a flat keyboard. Uh, especially flat desktop keyboards I find if, I'd, uh, if I'm writing a long article or something um, and I've been typing for 15 minutes I have to lift my arms up suddenly and shake them because mm, they're, yeah. they're really starting to get sore from, from, from the typing whereas on this ergonomic keyboard I can go for half an hour 45 minutes just, just bashing out thoughts yeah. and no, no impact at all uh, and the raise because it's raised in the front your palms sit high mm. with your fingers naturally hanging over the keyboard exactly so exactly exactly um, so, um, if you haven't tried an ergonomic keyboard and you've you've been tempted by one, and you're a touch typist, um, it's worth checking out. And this is a really beautifully designed keyboard. It looks really good on your desk. Uh, the mouse is a little more controversial. It's sort of bubble-shaped oh, thing, massive. but it's also but it's also very comfortable. I, was, I thought, why do, why when you're designing an ergonomic keyboard would you would you produce a big bulbous mouse like this, which can't be comfortable? But actually, the mouse is very comfortable as well because um, your hand fits over it comfortably. It exactly. Without, yeah. I mean, normally you, you, your fingers are perched up yeah. trying to get to everything. It's, yeah. Um, I've got a few gripes with the mouse. It's easy to. There's a back back button on the side where your thumb rests, which is easy to press sometimes, which wasn't. I don't think it's a, that great. A, I think it's a bit of a design flaw. But the keyboard is fantastic. Um, if, if you're thinking of getting an ergonomic, or you've you've looked at them in the store and wondered, you know, is it worth it? It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will vouch for that. I used to use them many years ago, but okay. uh, 
Why did, you, why did you stop? Because uh, you're moving, moved to a laptop. Yeah, I moved yeah. to a laptop. Um, but also at the time, Microsoft had that range out and they stopped it for a while. Because mm. there was, I think I'm talking about early 2003, 2004, 5 maybe. Um, then they stopped producing those for a while and yeah. mine broke. And I just... Okay. Nobody sent one for me to review and yeah, then, you know, yeah. moved on to other things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's great technology. Cool. Well, that's a wrap, I think. Um, as always, if you've got any feedback on the show, uh, please send us an email or leave a comment on the post. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is info at techcentral.co.za. Uh, from Rachel and myself, until next time, take care. Ciao. Ciao. Oh! <laughs>